0: Hello everyone, my name is Andre Savu, and I'm a fourth year medical student here at the Ohio State College of Medicine. This is called the What Do You Even Do podcast. This is an introductory episode to this podcast and it's the first project that I'm frankly starting so forgive me if there's going to be any issues going forward um, and there's about a 50-50 chance that this even gets uploaded to begin with. So if you're listening to this then that means I must have done something right and uh, Bill Gates is calling me to be able to get a job in Microsoft after this. but. Um, you might be wondering, what is the point of this podcast, why am I doing this, um, and who are you, right? So one of the reasons I wanted to start this podcast was I'm on my social media competency or elective, right? The advanced competency in social media. And the idea behind this competency is obviously you have to start making a social media presence, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, but in reality, I wanted it to be a little bit more of a helpful tool for the upcoming third and maybe fourth year medical students to... Um, not only at the Ohio State College of Medicine, but to any medical school that this podcast reaches out to. Um, I am a first-generation medical student. I don't have really anybody in medicine that I know of. And for that reason, it was challenging for me when, when I first came into the hospital setting in my third year of medicine. Um, and one of the most complicated topics, and frankly, even to this day, even almost you know, as an intern, what do people even do in the hospital? And you might have an idea of a lot of this stuff, right? You might have an idea of what nurses do. Perhaps you've been around the hospital more than I had in my third year, um, or in my fourth year for that matter. Uh, but you know, perhaps you already know what physical therapy, occupational therapy, and respiratory therapy do, and different types of avenues for different types of people. However, um, there's going to be a large population of people that don't know, that simply have no idea what they're going to do. And when they show up on that first day of rotation, the goal of this podcast is to at least have them be aware of what, they, what the people in the hospital are going to do in addition to what your role as a medical student is. This is not a podcast that is going to be for advice. This is not a podcast that's going to be done to try to tell you how to do your job as a medical student. Uh, it's something going to let you know what to expect on the first couple of days of being in an inpatient setting. And specifically, I'm going to gear this because I'm applying internal medicine. I'm going to gear this to internal medicine, right? So if you're going to be on your internal medicine rotation first, uh, or at any point in time, or if you're simply curious about how the hospital works, uh, I recommend listening to this podcast. So what I plan on doing in the episodes that come up um, is I'm going to first one, this is an introductory kind of letting you know who I am, um, and then letting everybody understand a little bit of their role as a medical student. But in previous or previous and sequential episodes, what I plan on doing uh, is letting people from different areas of the medical field come in and sit down with me. And I simply ask them questions that basically ask, What do you even do in the hospital? So I plan on having a variety of different participants in this field, right? So starting off, obviously, nursing is going to be a huge one. PCAs, case management, social work, OT, occupational therapy, PT, physical therapy, respiratory therapy. And if the podcast does well, if I'm enjoying it, and if people are giving me good feedback, and they really find that what I'm saying is helpful, and what the people are saying is helpful as well, we hopefully might be able to get some residents and some attendings on the podcast as well. Um, So that's kind of the general idea of this whole thing is you ask yourself the question when you show up there on the first day there's going to be a bunch of people doing a bunch of things and all you really know how to do is take an hpi you have a lot of information way more information than you think you know right but how do you really use it what do you even do and what are all these people doing here that are in your seats and why don't you have any seats to sit down or why don't you have access to any computers right and that's something that we're going to discuss and we're going to talk about so thank you again for tuning in um, and I hope that this is something that can be interactive uh, I'm going to be able to spread this throughout my social media accounts as well and if you find that this is something that interests you you can reach out to me at any point in time um, through the contact information that I'm going to be putting at the very end of this podcast um, or I'm going to be you know putting it on my Twitter um, or X at this point right? So. Uh, or different types of social media platforms as well. So if you feel like this is helpful to you, feel free to reach out to me um, to be able to give you any of your input and I'd love to hear it. And and perhaps if you are listening to this and you are not a medical student, you'd love to reach out uh, and be part of it, part of the show. If you feel like it's something that you could contribute, please don't hesitate to reach out as well. And one more thing um, that took me a good 15 minutes to figure out how to do that transition, by the way, it's pretty sick. Um, but one more thing before we begin started with the first episode, which is going to be a lot of me talking and kind of letting you guys know what to expect. Um, I want to let you guys know, again, one want to emphasize the first time I'm doing some sort of podcast like this, this is really not my forte. Um, I have a super nice studio here. And by super nice studio, I mean, it's me with a $20 microphone I bought. 10 years ago when I wanted to be the next YouTube star, that didn't work out. But instead, I chose medicine. So you know, great career path. But um, one of the things that I want to emphasize is I want to keep this short, our attention spans aren't long, I understand that. And one of the things I want to emphasize is that because our attention spans are not long and because I don't expect every single student to be listening to the entire podcast, although I'd love for you to do that. um, I'm going to introduce sound effects whenever there's gonna be something important that either I say, Or that um, the guests that I have on the podcast are going to say right and that sound effect is going to sound something like this So when you hear that sound that's going to be an indication for you if you're working out and jogging or if you're walking your dog or Whatever it is that you're doing if you hear that and you you find yourself that you've zoned out a bit you hear that ding That means that you know something that's going to become important um, to your rotations coming up um, is in store. So make sure you listen for that. But without further ado, let's begin. Um, and one of the things I wanted to talk about, just to get started, right, is I'm assuming, um, and this is kind of built for the, for the student that has little to no knowledge of that hospital, as I've explained before. So what happens in inpatient medicine? What should you expect on your first day? What, where do patients stay? What do you even do, right? And this might be basic to some students, but I think it's valuable to be able to discuss. So the first thing is patient's admission. So it depends on what service you are on, but let's assume that you are on a general hospitalist service, right? These are patients that come in either from the emergency room, they are direct admit to the hospital service, which are a little bit more rare, and I'll get into that in a little more detail, or they're a transfer to your service. So perhaps they were in the ICU, Um, and then they started to get a lot better, so they transferred to your service. Or perhaps you are on on an ICU service, and unfortunately the patient's been doing a lot worse, and they transferred to your service. Regardless, the idea is when you show up to the hospital at whatever point in time that you are at, there are going to be patients in certain rooms, and there are going to be people surrounding those rooms, and there are going to be workstations that are centered around different floors of the hospital, uh, each of which have their own nursing staff um, and have different types of staff working at those computer desks your goal as the medical student is first introduce yourself to everybody on the team, right? They want to know who you are, and you should let them know who you are, and you want to get to know them as well. And you form a good connection with them. Uh, in addition, they're going to be very, very helpful for you if you have any questions or if you have any concerns. And it's going to be scary. The first couple of days, you're going to be there, you be like, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, you know, you're not really focusing on studying, so to say, or, or learning, so to say, you're more focused on don't mess anything up, don't ruin, you know, the other people's jobs. And make sure that everything is flowing freely and smoothly, right? You don't want to be a barrier to that. And of course, that's understandable. But keep in mind that you are there to learn and you are there to experience. And this is the best opportunity you're ever going to get to learn, right? And if you have been fortunate enough to volunteer at free clinics, or again, if you've had extensive experience in the hospital for one reason or another, um, then you have a little bit of a better idea and you have a head start in comparison to the people who haven't. Um, But the goal is to not be scared when you go in on that first day. So what's going to happen is that you're going to show up there. Um, and you are going to be assigned patients. This is typically when you show up with your residents that are there, you're going to say, hey, my name is so-and-so, I'm a medical student here. Um, this is my first day, I'm just letting you know that I'm not really experienced in this aspect, but I'm, I'm willing to learn and I'm geared and ready to go. So the residents or the attendings are gonna give you patients uh, to follow, right? That's that's the key word, patients to follow. And what that really means is that these are gonna be patients that you are going to be watching as the days go on while you are on that rotation. Some patients may leave if they, um are healed and they get out of the hospital some patients may say they're longer than your rotation Uh, but the goal is that you're going to be able to kind of go with them longitudinally to understand and see the progression of their state in the hospital so the most important thing when you when you get that patient and this is again assuming you have epic ihis or whatever sort of electronic health records that your your um hospital is using that you have access to that and when you have that patient's MRN or you have the patient's first and last name date of birth and you have the correct patient the most important thing is to be able to read the notes and this is reading the notes from everybody and when the patient gets admitted let's say that they're coming from the emergency room there is going to be emergency room notes they're going to be physicians they're going to be nurses they're going to be a bunch of people that have written notes regarding the patient's current status Your job as a medical student is to read those notes and to be up to date on where the patient is, what the patient is experiencing, a couple of the main issues that the patient um, is currently going through. Secondarily, kind of game planning and monitoring. So when you see that, when you read those notes and you kind of create an idea in your head of what you think this patient has, that's a very good start. That's something that you can bounce ideas off of right to yourself don't at this point don't really talk to other people just write to yourself as like hey i think this person has this this and this Uh, i want to continue monitoring a b and c and this is all before you even meet the patient right you the half the game is preparation be prepared for what you what you're going to do when you go in to the patient's room you don't want to show up to the patient's room and be like oh you know i thought you were john smith and i read somebody's you know completely wrong chart Um, You would want to know about them, you'd want to know a little bit if you can about their personal life, their family, if they have any of that kind of stuff, Um, and then in addition, being very well versed in why they're in the hospital, what they're there for. Now, if you eventually get on a service where you are doing the admissions, you are the person that is either in the ER or there's a patient that has come directly uh, from outside the hospital into your floor, or if there's a transfer, um, then there might be an, uh, an opportunity for you to do an HPI. For you to meet the patient nobody really knows anything about this patient because there aren't any notes that they have on them so you can introduce yourself and then either using codyers or socrates or whatever acronym uh, or if you don't use any acronyms at all make sure that you introduce yourself to the patient and kind of get an idea of where they are right get a history and present illness of why they are in the hospital to begin with once you have these steps down this is honestly the most scary part of the entire thing is simply showing up on the first day faking that confidence, so to say, uh, but also being prepared and understanding, hey, I'm going to read the chart to the best of my ability to really be able to give the patient the highest quality of care that they deserve. Because keep in mind, you are on the care team. And the way that you interact with the patient is going to have a lot to say on how the patient feels in the hospital. You're not just being there to be graded and move on, right? This is not only a great opportunity for you to learn and hone in your skills as a future physician, but also to be able to truly give patients a high quality of care. There are many times in which me as a medical student, even as a third year, patients would talk to the attendings right after they meet me and say, wow, I really like this person. Um, and, and that changes the way that patients act. I can't say that for all cases. There are some patients that simply didn't want to interact, right? And if that's the case, you respect their wishes and you move on. Um, but this is again, all of a learning experience for you, but you want to make sure that you, and I'm emphasizing this for a reason, that you get that highest quality, of that the patients get the highest quality of care that they deserve. So do your due diligence, read the notes beforehand, have a general idea of what you want to do, where you want to take the conversation, um, but then go in with the patient and make sure that you get a proper HPI, you introduce yourselves and all that kind of stuff. Okay. Okay, so let's recap what we've learned so far. First things first, when you show up to the hospital, you're gonna show up to the right room, to the right floor and location. There's a bunch of times in which I showed up to the wrong place as well. The hospitals can be confusing. So make sure you give yourself a little bit of time ahead of um, the first morning that you go in just to make sure that you're at the right location. So you go to the right spot, you introduce yourself to the team, and that could be the residents, that could be the attending if they're present, but you certainly wanna introduce yourself to the nurses, the PCAs, to the, if the PTOT is there at the desk to introduce yourself, no one's going to be mad at you for saying your name, telling them that you're a medical student, that you're excited to work with them that day. Right. So that's, that was step one, that you got there. You, you kind of formed a good relationship with everybody, and they understand who you are and you kind of understanding a little bit more of who they are. Step two is that you've been given patients, either by a residence or by your attending, um, and then you've begun to do a lot of research into their chart Right. understand kind of why they're in the hospital, for what reason that they're there for, Um, and kind of get a game plan of what you want to do uh, in regards to the rest of their stay. So those are the first two steps. Step three is going to be throughout the entire stay. So what you're going to end up doing is that you're going to be consistently reading the notes. That's going to be one of your primary jobs, right? But if you're asking yourself, what do patients really do while they're here besides just lay in bed? Well, it's actually a little bit more complicated than you think it is. So the first thing that would happen is morning labs. So typically, um, the attendings who have uh, admitted the patient are going to have a certain amount of labs that they want to get. And those labs are going to be repeated every morning. Um, Now they might stop it for whatever reason, they may start it, but to let you know that typically, a chemistry, for example, is going to be obtained every single morning, right? For patients, and this is where your kind of job comes into play, your job is to be a data gatherer at the very beginning um, and then try to do the best of your ability to kind of analyze that data. So synthesize the data first and then analyze it if you can. But typically the patient is going to be sleeping and then usually at 5 a.m. one of the nurses goes in and takes the labs from the patient, right? Typically a blood draw. And again, it's not always chemistries, but it typically is chemistries. It could be a hemoglobin depending on what the hemoglobin levels are. It could be a variety of different labs that they get. Um, and this is subject to change based off of what, what you're attending and what your residents want to do. After that, the patient is lying in bed, right? And it depends. They could be in pain. They could be having difficulty breathing and, or whatever the reason they're in the hospital for. Um, but it's not impossible, right? And it's actually quite common for them to have a, ver- a variety of procedures or images to be done throughout the day. So tell me some of the procedures that you... Uh, might be able to see, and I encourage you if you get the chance to see a lot of these, lumbar punctures is one of them if they want to take the cerebral spinal fluid if, um, if the patient is having some mental difficulties. A paracentesis is another example. A thoracocentesis is another example. And if, if these terms are not familiar to you at the moment, if you're a first-year medical student or if you're an undergrad or anything like that, don't worry, there's plenty of time that you're going to be able to learn all of these things. Um, and then perhaps eventually down the road I might uh, create an episode where I'm just basically going through terminology uh, of what these procedures are. But another, a couple of examples of the images, CT, MRIs, perhaps an endoscopy where, some, or, where a gastroenterologist goes and sticks a camera down someone's throat uh, to be able to see if there's any bleeding, right? So these procedures are going to be at any point in time throughout the day, depending on the availability of the other teams, radiology, right? Gastroenterology, for example. Your goal is to be able to kind of know what the patient is doing throughout the day, right? So they got their morning labs. You, you saw those morning labs when you came in and you know, hey, they have a lumbar puncture scheduled for 3 p.m., they have an MRI scheduled for midnight, or whatever the reason is, right? And that's kind of one of the main things that the patients go through, is they kind of lay down in bed, a lot of people are poking them and sticking them, and then a lot of people are taking them to different locations um, to either get a certain image done, a certain procedure done, or perhaps other things. So your job is to kind of monitor the patient's status throughout the day, right? And Patients for the vast majority of the time will love the company, will love for you to go simply talk with them, right? And you can always go in and update them on what your plan is in terms of you, you as in the resident and the attending and the team. Um, or you can ask them, it's like, hey, you know, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Has anything changed in the last couple hours? So that's kind of the idea of how the patient stay is. And, and the patient is hopefully going to get better throughout the days that you see them. Uh, because the treatments that we're giving them are hopefully going to be something that helps them regain back to the point where they could be discharged. But in the meantime, when you're not in the patient's room, one of the things that you're going to be doing is reading notes from the other teams. Or notes from your resident, or notes from your attending, or perhaps your even your own no- notes that you're going to be doing um, if you're attending or your resident wants to do that. Now note writing is, it's in, it could be an own episode in and of itself, so I won't go into detail then. Uh, but that's something that you are likely going to be doing. So you're basically just going to be monitoring um, and making sure that everything is up to date. If they went down and got a procedure, or if they went down and got an image study like a CT or an MRI, then those results will come back hopefully pretty quickly. So then you can monitor that. And then when those results come in, you can plan, think, you know, obviously synthesize that information, analyze that information, and think to yourself, okay, because the MRI showed this, this, and this, I'm now thinking that it's possibly a. Whatever you think it is Okay, so I know that's a lot of information that I just shot at you right and I promise that the episodes that are going to be coming on Are are not going to be about this they're going to be about kind of what everybody else does in the hospital Um, And it won't be as jam-packed as this was But I think you know listening to this podcast and hopefully you're getting a pump in or you know Your dog's finished going to the bathroom or whatever it is that you did um, You might have a little bit of a better understanding about how things are going to be functioning in the hospital So let's recap, um, and I promise you that we're almost done, right? So first things first, you showed up to the right place, right? You introduce yourself to the team. They know who you are. You know who they are. You got some patients that the residents or the attendings gave to you, and you've been digging in their chart and understanding who they are, um, both in a medical fashion and as a person, right? You have an idea in your head about where you think that this is going to go, but then you go and introduce yourself to the patient. You spend some time talking with them. and then you understand kind of why they're in the hospital, right? And then you go back, and then you do a little bit more digging in their charts because your plans perhaps have changed. Uh, you look deeper into their labs, and you say, oh, OK, they have a procedure coming up at whatever hour, or they have an image study coming up at whatever hour, or perhaps they don't have anything, right? So that's kind of everything that we've done so far. It's going to It sounds like not that much, but it's honestly going to take a lot of time. Um, and talking to the patients in general is something that is very enjoyable. However, it does take a significant amount of time. And you're going to get better as time goes on about how to efficiently talk to patients um, and, you know, have the ability to talk to a lot of patients on the same day, right, not just stick to one patient the entire day, uh, but also being able to really understand and get to form a great connection with them and understand why they're in the hospital and what the best course of action is to get them out, right, because that's the ultimate goal for everybody involved. We, we want to make sure that they get healthy, that they do well and that they eventually get out. So again, step one, introduce yourself. Step two, got your patients. Step three, you've been checking on their status. You know everything about them, um, and you're kind of waiting on certain results or waiting on procedures or labs or anything, and you're consistently checking the notes from a bunch of the other teams. And most importantly, you've been talking to the patient, and you've been interacting with them the entire time, and you go back and check up on them as often as you can. Right? Patients love that. That's something that is very, very important, and I cannot stress that enough. So then the question is, you do this every single day. Sometimes you pick up new patients. Sometimes other patients might have left. Sometimes you stick with the same patient. Sometimes they're complicated and it's a great learning opportunity for you, but sometimes they're very easy um, when you get, especially when you get older and you're like, okay, I feel like I can challenge myself and take another patient. The question then you might be asking yourself is, how do the patients leave the hospital? When do they leave? Where do they go? And, you know, what's the process of them being discharged? So when somebody is discharged, it's going to be up to a couple of the team members in conjunction with one another. But the main person that's going to be deciding when the team when the person should be discharged is going to be the resident and the attending, right? They're going to talk to one another. If a patient is obviously on six liters of oxygen, and they're struggling to breathe, um, then perhaps, you know, more than perhaps, it's not a good idea to send them home, right? Unless their at home level is at six liters of oxygen, right? Um, but if a patient has not been really changing and they've been stable and they they came in with an acute bleed and their hemoglobin has been stable for two days, let's say, then it might be time for them and they have no other symptoms and, You know, it might be time for them to head out of the hospital. So the decision on when to discharge is going to be a discussion between you, the resident, and the attending when they should be medically cleared for discharge. Now I say medically cleared uh, because that's not always when the patients do actually end up getting discharged. And that is when case management, social work, occupational therapy, physical therapy, uh, the nurses, and everybody else is going to be able to give their input onto whether or not they are prepared for discharge. So for example, let's say that you are medically, you have medically cleared somebody for discharge, you as in the resident, the attending, and you as the team, uh, but they've been seeing physical and occupational therapy, and they haven't been meeting their goals. And we're going to get into OT and PT, what that means in, in further episodes. But the idea here is that, hey, you know, If they're not comfortable, are we going to send them home? And that's when the discussion is going to be had between them. But uh, a lot of this has to do with insurance and different types of things. But they might have final say on whether or not the patient actually gets discharged. right? And they might also have final say on where the patient gets discharged. So typically, patients can get discharged to a couple of different locations. One, straight home. They could just go home if if their condition is not one that requires more additional assistance. Two, they could go to a what we colloquially call SNF, or a skilled nursing facility, where you're going to have nurses that are going to be available to them. And, and they can administer medications. They can take lab values if necessary. And they can do a lot of things at SNFs. Um, they could go to long-term acute care facilities. They could go to hospice if, unfortunately, they don't have that much time to live. Um, then these are different places where they can discharge. And we're going to go into all that when, when we have the episodes on case management and social work and PTOT. Um, But the idea is that they don't all just kind of disappear from the hospital. Um, And unfortunately, there are some circumstances in which they stay longer than they need to. And staying in the hospital, while you might think is something that's safe, is actually not the best case scenario, right? We want patients to be going back to living their own life, um, but we also want them to avoid hospital acquired infections, right? Things like that, that keeping them in the hospital is not necessarily the best option if they are medically cleared and ready to go. So how do you discharge somebody? Well, discharging is also kind of complicated, but for your purposes as a medical student, what the resident and the attending are going to want you to do uh, are two things. Medical reconciliation, and they're going to ask you to do an after-visit summary and a hospital course, right? And they're going to be helping you along the way. And trust me when I say that there is people that are going to be checking you and having your back on basically anything. But the idea here is, first things first, right? You want to make sure that the medications that they are leaving on match up with the medications that you have started in the hospital but also the medications that they have been taking previously. So let's say that they are they were on lisinopril previously, right? Um, and the, but their blood pressure was a little bit on the lower side, and you didn't want to give it in the hospital. You want to make sure that you have a discussion on whether or not you want to continue the lisinopril outpatient, right? Because again, outpatient is in they have left the hospital for A, B, or C reason. That's an example, right? And there's a bunch of medications, and, and patients are taking a lot of medications in general. So a medical reconciliation, medical you know, medicine reconciliation is being able and saying, hey, these are the meds we're, we're going to continue uh, giving the patient and prescribing. These are the medicines that we use in the hospital and we're not going to be prescribing. These are the medicines that we simply are going to stop because we don't really think that there's a reason for them to be on it in the first place. So that's going to be one of the things that you likely as the medical student will, will do. Um, a second thing is going to be take, doing the hospital course. now the hospital course um, is bit and this these are all in epic for the most part or any EHR that um, you might be using at your institution um, and the reason and the reason behind the hospital course is simply you are going to be writing and this could take a variety of different methods depending on how you're attending and your resident want you to do it but writing about a paragraph two paragraphs of what they were here in the hospital for and what we did for them in the hospital and this could include the images and the procedures and why they came in and the certain lab values that were you know that kind of stood out and the decisions that were made why we made those decisions and this is used mainly for an outpatient provider so when they go into their they follow up with their primary care physician in a month right after their hospital stay has concluded the the primary care physician can go in and look at the hospital course that you the medical student and the resident attending but you mainly have written right so Make sure that you take care because of your work is going to be displayed in a variety of different locations uh, as you continue on in your medical training, not only in your notes but also possibly in your hospital courses and, and after-visit summaries. And again, patients can truly be affected by what your work that you do. So make sure that you take this seriously. And lastly, uh, an after-visit summary. So after-visit summary is going to be the instructions that we give to the patient. This should be written in plain language right don't make it too complicated no medical jargon so that the patient understands what medications or and what actions they should do post-discharge right so again let's recap this is kind of the end of the episode and i wanted to make sure that uh we kind of recap everything so you understand what's been done, um, kind of what we went through, because a lot of information has been thrown out. So first step, introduce yourself, right? And I know I'm repeating myself a lot, but I wanna make sure that you understand this first step. Introduce yourself to the team that you're on, the residents, the attendings, the nurses, PCAs, if you can introduce yourself to the OTs and PTs. Uh, Get the patients from your attending and and your residents, dig into their charts, have a game plan, introduce yourself to the patient, spend some time with them, understand, you know, get an HPI if necessary, um, and then go back and kind of readjust your game plan. Attend rounds, obviously, that's kind of the point for why you're there. Um, and then afterwards, monitor the rest of the day, right? Monitor the labs that are coming in, imaging results, procedure results, anything that might they might be doing. Um, you are going to be the person that's going to be monitoring that. Update uh, the notes if you're writing notes, call consults, which is something that we'll get into in later episodes if necessary. Um, and write notes if you, if, you, if you need to, read the notes, I would say, if you need to from the other teams to see if they had perhaps said something. Maybe cardiology said something about the patient, um, or maybe OT and PT dropped a note and said that they are progressing with their, you know, kind of where they want to be for their goals for occupational therapy. And then after that, you do this on an everyday basis. Some of the patients may need to be discharged, so you work on those discharge summaries to be able to get the after-visit summary, the hospital course, and the medical reconciliations done. So a lot of information, um, but I promise you that it does not really get that much more complicated than this, right? And the goal of what you are there for is to learn, to kind of observe, to, you know, gather information, help the residents, help the attendings, and help the rest of the teams be as efficient as possible. And in doing so, trust me when I say that you're going to be learning. You know way more than you think you do, and you're going to be learning a lot more on the job. Um, And it's one of the most beautiful things, and it's why, you know, a lot of people wanted to do medicine in general. Uh, so thank you for paying attention to the first episode and I promise to keep it short. Um, and again, you can watch this on two times speed. I've been told I speak pretty quickly, so perhaps that might not be the best idea. Um, but in the next episode we're gonna be starting off with nursing. So we're gonna be having uh, a nurse come in and we're going to I'm going to be asking them questions as if I were a third year or fourth year medical student or second or first year medical student and saying, hey, you know what is it that you really do on a more detailed level? You know, give me a day in the life of a nurse um, so that when you go in there, um, and you place an order, pending order, uh, or you have an idea of something that you know. You think about what the nurses are doing. Uh, is it feasible for the nurse? Is there anything that you can do to help? Because there will be a significant amount of downtime as a medical student, um, and there's a lot of stuff that you can learn by simply just being with the nurses in that downtime. So once again, thank you. I apologize if there's any, uh, you know, electronic mishaps that are, that are occurring. Um, Bill Gates just fired me from Microsoft, so. There's there's not much I could do about that. But um, and again, I hope you guys enjoyed I hope I tend to keep I want to keep this a little bit more lighthearted, more of a discussional thing. It's again, not to be super serious. You can't sue me yet. I'm not, uh, I'm not a physician yet. So you can't sue me. But thank you again for, for watching. And, and I hope you see you guys on the next episode.